This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Episode 65, y'all. Opening song by the nice guys. It's an overtoast. Let's go. Yeah. Jigga. Is a hobby now. Yo. Houston, Texas. Welcome back to episode number 65 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Really quickly, really quickly, um, salutations to everybody. Listen, Houston, I need you to pray for your boy. I need you to pray for me and all to whoever. Pray for me, man. Keep me in your thoughts and prayers. Keep me in your thoughts and prayers. I need y'all to pray for me, man, because it's consuming. Yo, you already know what I came to do, man. Uh, shout out to my homegirl Demaria, man. I love the record, and I'm gonna play it on every chance, every episode that I get, man. As we move forward, Houston, Texas, you already know what time it is, man. Shout out to the 2020 graduates. I apologize, it's just school. You had to end like this. Let's go. Come on, man. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. Let's go, Demario. Let's go. Heard about me, mm. but it's hard to find me. Mm. I lay low with my team, plotting on a milli. See, I don't work for free. Pay me what you owe me. I won't show up for free. I only come for money. If you own it, then let me know. Here we go. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, what's the deal, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm well, man. Um, I am well. Listen. Marco, um, welcome to the What's Next podcast. This is episode number 65, and I'm greatly appreciative that you took out the time to be on the podcast today. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Listen, man, um, let's, let's introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point in the conversation. Yeah, no problem. Uh, let's see. I mainly use Instagram nowadays. Uh, my handle is at iWriteJazz. All one word. Uh, I do have a Twitter by the same handle, I write jazz. Uh, it's kind of low on the numbers, so if you guys want to bump me up a little bit, I'd okay. be grateful. Okay. Okay. Uh, and my name is John Ross Dyke the first, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. Houston, Texas, Cali, if you will, um, yeah. connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website still visionary.com Marco directly in front of me I have all my t-shirts that I sell and people can shop at stillvisionary.com slash apparel mm-hmm. 
Listen, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, this is going to be a very, very special episode for me because um, the let me let me think of the correct word that I want to use, Marco. The inception and the foundation of my podcast is talking to people that um, I have grown up with, that I've interacted with, that I have seen their journeys full force and uh, and studied off of them. But this podcast that I'm about to do with you today is a little different, and we'll get into that in a second, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Before we, I want to start off with this, man, because uh, you're new to my podcast, and uh, again, I'm so appreciative. What should people take from the conversation that we're about to have um, from your journey as a jazz writer and um, anything that you think that people should take from this episode? Oh, man. Uh, heavy question, right? Yeah. Uh, oh man, I, I would say the one thing I want people to take away is that, I mean, you really never know like what you want to do until you like, you know, you, you invest a lot of time into it. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that, and we'll probably discuss this in, uh, soon later in the podcast, but, yeah. um, you'll find that like, man, I, I have, I have a love for so many things, but, um, you know, it's hard for me to decide sometimes like what exactly I want to do. But, um, the moment I put like all my time and effort into, into jazz and into music in general was when I found that, yeah, this is something that I want to do. So, yeah. I mean, you can have so many loves for so many different things and, but you never really know what you're going to do until you just start doing everything. Okay. Okay, man. So, um, let's, let's, let's familiarize the people on how we met. Um, first of all, <laughs> I want to, I want to make sure that I say this, that you are the first person again, um, in California, right. That I, that I don't know from prior to 2019. I want to get yeah. that. I want to get that out first. And I want to further on that, that notion by saying that, um, if this is what my podcast is going to go to throughout using like the telephone to talk to people on the podcast, I'm grateful mm -hmm. that you are the first person that I'm getting to talk to in that lane. Right. And I hope that it opens up doors for me to find creatives across the country to be able to highlight their stories and just piggyback and see how we are, are similar. Right. Yeah. So with that yeah, being no, said, uh, 2019 Labor Day weekend, I went out to Los Angeles, California. This was my first time in LA and mm -hmm. I wanted to stay as close to LA because I wasn't, I wasn't from there and I, and I didn't want to have any hiccups like getting lost or doing anything like that. So I want to stay as close to the airport because I've heard that LAX is a place that can be extremely crowded. Right. So, yeah. Yes, sir. So, um, I didn't get to stay in LA, but I stayed just North LA. Um, and mm -hmm. What, what, what's the name of that city again? I can't think. You were, you were in Northridge, right? In Northridge, Northridge, right? So I yeah. just, I just, I got there on a Friday, Saturday, I spent the whole day doing a podcast. I did three podcasts that Saturday and I was going home that, that night or rather, I'm sorry, it might've been Friday that I got there. I was going home or whatever day mm -hmm. and I decided to go to McDonald's and uh, yeah. <laughs> my sister. Yeah, you got a good camp. memory, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I decided to go to McDonald's and, and this is Houston, Texas, Cali. This is where I meant, this is where I met rather, uh, Marco. And, mm -hmm. um, he was in the drive-thru line. Right. And I was just like, Hey man, 
Uh, I'm out here from Houston, the first time in LA, and I would like it if you just checked out my podcast. So we exchanged IG information, right? And and we've been mm-hmm. following each other ever since. So yeah. um, that is how we met, man. And and like I said again, if it if this opens up doors for me for me to talk to people that I may or may not have interacted with um, across the country, I owe it all to mm-hmm. you. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, that's good. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I remember about that every I I uh, like reminisce about that every time I see you post something. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I met this dude in the drive through yeah. <laughs> and we just you know it's crazy how things happen like that, right? Yeah, it, it is, man. Because I think that moving forward, we'll have a relationship when it comes to film production, TV production, music production that would that will what that would have been in that would have been initiated. Um, from that interaction in the McDonald's line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm glad I got, I got the chance to meet you, man. No um, doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So man, this podcast is all about talking to creatives, man. Um, I myself as a creative have often wondered the journeys that people take to make it to that level. Right. So when mm-hmm. I bring people on the podcast, it's solely to hear their story. Right. And, and I have, mm-hmm. and in my, in my process, um, and I've come to this point where, it was certain steps that I had to take to get to this very point right here where I'm talking to you, even right. making it out to LA. Right. So when I bring creatives on the podcast, first of all, you have that, that desire, that creative to do something that's outside of the norm, going to college, mm-hmm. um, getting a nine to five job, working to provide for a family. You want to do something that's intangible mm-hmm. to that. So this segment that I call creativity comes from experiences, right? Take me to how you, um, Started in the whole jazz aspect of it because I remember you telling me that you played the keys or you played something like that, right? And so, yeah, trump, um, trumpet and piano, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And I got a story for a trumpet too. So, so creativity uh-huh. comes from experiences. Take me to how you got started with all of that. Yeah, um, yeah. I was, um, I mean, I was fortunate enough to uh, grow up in a household where we could afford instruments mm. and. Um, you know, my dad played trumpet, mm. um, a long, long time ago. Mm. Um, and he kind of got me into the interest of like playing an instrument because I remember, um, the band director at the time, fifth grade, uh, Joe Lennigan, he, um, he like walked around the, to the classroom, fifth grade. He asked if anyone wanted to like do the band class. It happened at like 12 o'clock. Um, which is, I think we had lunch at like 1245. And so, like I really didn't have a super like fond interest in playing music, but what I did have an interest in was getting out of class early. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's why I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I'll play a trumpet. I'll, you know, I'll play, I'll play an instrument whatever. Uh, and then I remember Googling, um, like all the instruments. I was like, Oh, I wonder what I want to play. I heard, you know, Joe Lennigan asked us like, if we want to play clarinet, trumpet, uh, bass, uh, tuba, euphonium any of those instruments and so i googled all of them and um i ended up picking the trumpet not because really i mean subliminally maybe but like not really because my dad played it but i saw that it had three buttons and all the other ones had like a lot of buttons like mm. saxophone had like <laughs> hella buttons clarinet i was like oh what the heck is this mm. and so i i picked up the trumpet because it looked like the easiest uh spoiler alert it's not that easy uh, unfortunately it's not just three buttons um, let's see. And then, you know, I follow my path through there. I go through fifth, sixth grade, um, go to middle school, off Sierra, 
and friends and uh, Clovis. And um, I remember being in seventh grade, I was in the wind ensemble. Um, I was playing trumpet like in a classical setting. Mm-hmm. Um, up until this point, it had been just classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I remember being approached by one of my fellow classmates. I remember, I think it's like Brennan Mills. Uh, he played guitar at the time. And um, yeah, I think he approached me and said, you should join the jazz band. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, I've only listened to classical music. Yeah. Uh, and maybe rock and roll from the records. And so I, what I did was I ended up Googling um, like famous jazz artists and I mm. stumbled upon uh, John Coltrane, you know, mm. mm-hmm. I'm you familiar. Know, one of the masters, the legends, you know, and um, I remember watching this video of his solo on giant steps mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, what they did with that video is really cool, actually. They made it a very visual experience. Um, they put, they, they had transcribed his solo. They had written it down in music notation and, um, you know, basically displayed it on the, displayed it on the uh, screen mm-hmm. as it went along. So it added every note as John played them. Mm-hmm. And so I remember thinking, I was like, oh my God, like, there's so many notes. He's playing so fast. And I was like, man, I was like, is this what jazz is like? I was like, sure. Yeah, of course I'm down, you know? And that, that's all was what got me into jazz. I would say little did I know at the time, like, cause giant steps actually is a very complex, uh, tune to, uh, improvise over. It's got a lot of weird stuff that not many uh, people are used to playing. Um, but yeah, I remember that getting me into the jazz band and then, um, the director of the jazz band, Paul Lucchese, um, he was one of the most influential, influential educators that I've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, he would always play new music for us every single day. Every time we had class, Mm. he would always play a new record, like exposing us, you know, finding stuff that we liked and finding stuff that we didn't like. I mean, because man, the, the, the word jazz is like, I mean, what is that really? Right. Mm-hmm. Like what genre, like there's a, there's a billion, billion different jazz artists and people you could argue that are jazz artists, people that you can argue aren't jazz artists, you know, but it, it was his job. He felt you know, to expose us to all of that just to, just, you know, to see what we liked and we didn't like. Yeah. yeah. So let me, so let that, me, so let me ask you, and I don't mean to cut you off. Let me ask you. No, yeah, you're good, man. Um, so, uh, what is the difference between classical and jazz? Oh, great question. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, we could, we can get into the rabbit hole about it. Right. But, uh, um, I mean, I guess the difference is that, um, well, I mean, for one, the origins are way different. Like classical music, you could argue is like stemmed from like Western Europe. Uh, that's where it got really popular. Like Western European, like, um, Beethoven, Mozart, um, Brahms, any, any of those classical guys, but yeah. jazz is, uh, is, that's an African-American music. Mm. You know, that's, that's like, you know, and that, that stems from, that's got a whole, you know, bunch of, man, there's so much richness and depth to that because of where it came from with like, you know, y- you've got origins in the Negro spirituals mm-hmm. and like, all the like the West African drumming, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff I, I combined with, and don't get me wrong, combined with, you know, Western music, Western classical music, 
the combination of Western classical music and, and um, spirituals and like West African drumming, that's what ends up creating this like kind of melting pot thing of jazz that kind of, I guess you could argue, and my teachers can harp on me later when they hear this. Um, it, I'm pretty sure it came from, you know, New Orleans, you know, mm. it's them. That's where the, it kind of all came together. Mm. Yeah. So that's, that's one aspect. The, I mean, the main thing that you hear is improvisation, like mm. classical music, not no improvisation, mm. but um, jazz improvisation. You can hear people. Mm. In terms uh, of, you, in, in terms of the instrumentalists. Yeah. In terms of the instrumentalists, you can, there's a character that you can, I mean, you could argue yeah, classical music, you could hear players too. You could know the names of each player just by hearing them. But um, jazz is, is way more expressive. You can like, you can hear, like you play right record of John Coltrane and I can tell you that's John Coltrane mm. and here's why. Mm. Um, like what differentiate differentiates one instrumentalist from another. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell. Mm. So, so as a jazz trumpeter, right. If you had to mm-hmm. define yourself with one word, what would that word be? Uh, melodic. Uh, uh, yeah. Melodic. I would say, mm. um, I, I would say the reason why I would say I, I prefer or I describe myself as a melodic player is because I don't know. I, I think I prefer like, even though I started out with like the flashy stuff of like, you know, John Coltrane, she's the sound like a million notes per second. Mm-hmm. Um, I would find myself due to my many influences, preferring a more melodic approach to improvisation than kind of like a more noty approach, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Meaning, meaning, meaning you play how you feel and not what you're reading on paper. Yeah, I guess you could, um, yeah, you could argue that. I guess, um, not, not to, sw- to swing what you were saying another way, um, like reading on paper, like, um, in, in jazz, you don't really have music a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So everyone's really, um, you know, playing without music, but, um, I, I guess, you know, to classify it, like, um, if you were to say like reading from paper to like a, in a jazz setting, mm-hmm. it would kind of be like, like intellectual playing where like, like, you know, you, you were learning a bunch of, you know, piano stuff over that video you were saying. Yeah, yeah. There's like a bunch of, yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I, we're going to talk about that in a second. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sure. go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, um, Oh man, I lost my place. Uh, You're talking about like the differences, like uh, like reading off a sheet of paper, and what I meant by that is just following oh, yeah. the notes on a measure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, man, if you were to translate that into like a soloing perspective, because mm-hmm. like we're all again, we're not all reading from pieces of paper. We're not all doing that. We may have like chords in front of us, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, we're all off the cuff, all off, all on our all on our ears and stuff. Um, now if you were to say that, like reading from paper, like in a soloing setting, you could kind of describe that to somebody as even though they're not reading from paper, like actual sheet music, they're maybe playing in a way that is not what they're hearing inside their heads. Not like what the melodies, not what the the music is telling them to do, Mm -hmm. but what their studies have told them to do. Like, 
like in jazz school, especially we're taught like, Oh, you can use this scale over this chord and it's going to sound good. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's like an intellectual approach, like, um, tackling things from like almost like a tactical or strategical way rather than just going by feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so here, 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 here's where I want to take you next. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. you talked about your influences. I want to get you, who are your top three influences? And then I want to go to something else. Who are your top three influences? (laughs) Uh, man, uh, what a great, what a hard question. Uh, Stevie wonders, number one. Okay. Uh, Frank Ocean, number two. Okay. And then, man, I would say this pianist, Gerald Clayton, number three. Mm. Mm. Okay. 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 So, um, you mentioned the video. So, uh, my dad, and let me tell you how the trumpet correlates to me. My dad, um, shout out to him. My dad, um, when, when I was very young, he wanted me to learn to play the piano. So, um, Houston runs like a loop, right? So what I mean by that is we have a freeway in the city called 16 and no matter where you get off or get on, on that freeway, if you drive around and stay on the freeway, you'll get back to that same point. Right? So we have this, we have like this, we don't have a lot of beaches in Houston, but we have this one Island called Galveston, uh, on the way to Galveston. You have what? We have have one, what? An Island close to Houston, Texas. Yeah. Called Galveston. Right. And Galveston, Galveston, uh, on the way to Galveston, there's this place called Clear Lake, Texas. It's a city, right? So we used to go to piano lessons over there. Needless to say, everybody wants to, every black kid wants to grow up and play basketball. They don't want to learn the piano and stuff like that or how to, Mm -hmm. how to do math at a, at a high level. They want to play basketball and football. So piano didn't sit well with me, but I was in the 10th grade one year and my dad was, I told my dad, Hey dad, I got to portray Louis Armstrong for uh, mm-hmm. a world a world history project. Can you buy me yeah. a trumpet? My dad bought me a brand new trumpet, which I still have oh, to man. this day. A black hey. trumpet, black trumpet, gold trims, and um, mm-hmm. I've never learned how to play it right. But I, I keep it as a token of listen. I use that to try to connect with my kids who who are trumpeters that I teach in high mm-hmm. school. Right, so. That yeah. was a little funny story about um, having a trumpet, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, and uh, I wish, I wish, you know what? If you had your trumpet in your hand, I would te- I would ask you to teach me how to uh, what a basic chord is on the trumpet. Oh yeah, you want me to grab it right now? You can grab it. You grab it. Grab it. I go grab mine. Houston, Texas, and I'm back with my trumpet. Go ahead, teach me how to yeah. teach me what a chord is on here, man. Okay, you got it. Well, well, here, here's a here's here's the funny thing about that. Um, actually, so a trumpet technically cannot play a chord. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because um, a trumpet is is what we call a monophonic instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, mono meaning one, phon, phono meaning sound. So it's a single sounding instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, which is actually a great, um, we can segue into something cool here. Um, so like a trumpet can only play one note at a single time. Okay. So technically it can't be a chord because a chord is like three or more notes okay. played at the same time. Okay. Um, but what we can do as trumpet players is we can play arpeggios, which is um, the notes that would be in a chord, but just played in succession. Mm. 
So like, um, if you have, like, I got my panel actually right here. So can you hear that? Yeah, I can. Okay. So that's like a B flat major chord. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's got three notes in it. And so unfortunately we can't play that all at the same time on trumpet, but we can do is uh, again, arpeggiate it. And so we can play it, uh, one note at a time. So, Mm. So those are the same notes, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, we can't play them all at the same time. Mm. So there are no chords. Okay. There are no chords with the trumpet. Yeah, I can only play one note at a time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 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 So 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 let's get into this. So um, I mean, I don't know how how well you've kept up your trumpet, but is it nice and oiled? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can you move the buttons at all? Yeah, I can. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. We can we can work with that. Yeah. All right, John. All right. So, so, um, so that first, um, note that I played is, is, um, it's like a C on trumpet. And so what it is, is no, um, it's no valves. It's all open just as the horn is, um, nothing pushed down, nothing. Okay. Um, okay. But the tricky thing about, uh, making a sound on the trumpet is that it's produced by buzzing. Mm. Okay. So you see that uh, you have a mouthpiece on you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. So that mouthpiece right there, it's like, it's almost like a funnel for your buzzing. What it does is it like keeps your lips like, um, like in formation for your lips to buzz at the like optimum, I don't know, frequency or whatever. Um, cause, cause you can't really, you can buzz your lips without it, mm -hmm. but it really helps to have that mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of just like, um, so it's all about air. Okay. Um, so you want to one really, when you take a breath, you want to take a nice deep breath from the bottom of your stomach and then play. But what you need to do is that when you have that mouthpiece in front of you, keep your lips almost like in a who shape. Now, can you say who for me? Who? Who? Okay. You see, yeah. You see how your lips like kind of come forward a little bit mm -hmm. when you say the word who? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's kind of what you want to approach the trumpet mouthpiece like. You want to like almost like you're kissing it. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, not like no, you're not like you know smooching it up or anything, but you know like that who shape. Um, and you're also wanting to keep um, a small aperture. And what that aperture is is that small hole um, formed by your lips. Mm. And so you want to keep that at, like to where air can flow out, but not like completely like cut off. Yeah. Okay, so you can go ahead and pick up the trumpet okay. and um, kind of like before you pick it up, lift it up to your face. Mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure that the mouthpiece is like centered on your um, centered on your lips, okay. and you've got that nice who shape. Okay. And go ahead and just try to give it give it the best shot you can. Hey, there it is. That's a B, that's a C right there. <laughs> There you go. That no was doubt. actually a pretty good sound. I was very surprised. No <laughs> I was like, you got someone else there? No, over, <laughs> over, over the years. No, no, nobody's here right now. My wife went to her mom's crib. Over the years, <laughs> I've, I've teetered tottered on YouTube with uh, how to play the trumpet. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and some kids at, oh, okay. at, at the high school I teach at uh, have taught me yeah. uh, something here or there, but I haven't, I haven't worked on it since then. Oh, perfect. That, yeah. That's, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, man. Um, I learned a lot about the trumpet in this one thing, but th that video we were talking about that video, uh, my mother-in-law actually is learning to play the piano and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, 
Um, any kids that I have, I want them to be instrumentalists because I believe that it helps them think on a level mm-hmm. that um, that regular like athletes don't have. I mean, everybody thinks at a depth, but being able to harmonize and and you know be one with playing a piano and singing or playing a piano and following a tempo is something that it's uh, unmatched. So um, when I when I said that that's what I learned, it literally it, it I I hadn't. I've been struggling with what a flat and a sharp was. And then when I read the mm. dummy for pianos and my mom, my mother-in-law told me that that's how I equated it. So that's what I decided to put on, on my, uh, IG story yeah. at one time. <laughs> no, that was great. And I really enjoyed it. I was like, <laughs> you're talking, I was like, man, I was, it was the, it was the most precious, like not precious thing, but like the most like pure thing to see you just be like, man, I just learned with a, a sharp and a flat was yeah. like that. Like I'm so excited, but yeah. to, you know, it's like, to me, I'm like so surrounded by that. Like every single day, it's kind of, I kind of lost that, um, that kind of love for it. You know, that, that childlike, um, like discovery. Yeah. Cause like, I, you know, I'm, I'm immersed in, it. I've studied it and it's become, you know, the luster is starting to fade. I mean, yeah. not completely, but you know, we all start to fall out of love with things that we've been around for a while. Mm. Mm. So let me ask you, um, in falling out of love, how do you, how do you, um, what is the next level for a trumpeter? Right. Cause, cause you, you, when I text you and I was just like, Hey, you know what? Uh, let's do the podcast. And I know that I didn't give you time to warm up, which way you're doing a phenomenal job about it. You, 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 oh, you, you shocked you, me. I think you've done a podcast before, but if this is your first podcast, again, I'm super appreciative. <laughs> But um, yeah, no problem, how do you go from being uh, a trained classical um, musician to a jazz trumpeter to making some money and seeing your dream come true? Yeah, man. Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to take like a couple seconds to think about this. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, as of recently, man, you know, I'm, I'm college educated. I teach high school, right? Um, and I love the direction and what being a teacher and educator does to the kids. Of course, we're going to yeah. have some kids in society that um, are going to fail. OK. And I think that that obvious notion is what we as educators and even the administrators in school try to steer away from. They want to make sure that everybody can be successful. We have this law in Texas called. Um, no kid left behind. It's not necessarily right. lost, just a, a, pro, a proclamation. We don't want to leave right. any kid behind. Right. But the, the, uh-huh. the truth of it all is that um, some kids will have to fail. Some kids will repeat. Some kids will drop out. And when they mm-hmm. do, we get like legends like Nas. We get legends like, you know, Jadakiss. We get legends like Jay-Z who dropped out and, 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 you know, made something of themselves. So when I ask you right. that within going and getting educated, now that you've gotten the formality and you teach it, how do you go from teaching it now to making money being a jazz player? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I want to touch on one thing first, man, ahead, what you were saying ahead. about like, go ahead. Yeah. What you're saying about like, you know, your kids like failing, I was like, man, isn't that part of, you know, the education Right. You know, I feel like failing is failing is equally, you know, as important as being successful at something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we 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 would we all would think that. But, you know, um, it's different when you look at it from a lens as an educator, 
or as a yeah, parent, yeah. as a parent. So um, yeah, no, exactly. That's that's the real world that that sometimes if you don't put in to what you're doing or learn how to do something, even if you don't want to learn it, then you won't be successful at it. That's how the world goes. But um, not an education. In education, you have to yeah. you have to ensure success, right? And 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 that's yeah. where I am right now. But you know, um, yeah, I just wanted to know that, man, because you know, I mean. Even in this, I would have never known. I know that uh, the trumpet is a treble instrument. I, we, you'd have to, if you're playing it and you're looking at a sheet of music and notes, you're looking at the treble clef. I know that. But yeah. um, not knowing that it was a, uh, what did you say? It was a mono, what was it? A mono? Uh, monophonic. Monosonic instrument. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. I didn't know that. So how do you go from turning that knowledge um, into making it a career? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, I'll tell you when I, you know, I, I reached that point. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, 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 man, I can only express the words of my teachers at this point because I feel like I'm not necessarily in a place where, you know, I've even reached that point of like a career, Mm. you know, in trumpet. Mm. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to echo the words of my, of my masters here. Um, I would say, the most important thing is to be able to do everything as a trumpet player. Mm. Um, you know, just like, you know, just because I, I, I started my focus in, um, in jazz now as a trumpet player, that doesn't mean I forgot or I never work on the classical fundamentals. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's so important that if someone were to call me and say, or like has called me in the past saying like, Hey, I need you to record this thing for this film I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I've got the score for this film, um, it requires this, 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 and this, you got to have these mutes. Um, you gotta, you know, we're going to be playing this. Here's the music. Um, take a look at it. Tell me what you can do. Um, well, you know, you look at the music and it's all classical repertoire. There's no improvising. Mm-hmm. You know, what I learned in jazz school is not going to help me here. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really won't. Um, but, but it, it, I, I still retain the information that, you know, I started out with, um, as a classical trumpet player, I, I, I know how to read, I know how to read music. Um, let's see. Um, like I, I, I can, you know, I can hit high, you know, I can do whatever, you know, they need me to, I need to be like a tool for them. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean, you are, you know, as, as much as we love, you know, music and romanticizing music, um, the people who get paid are the people who are, who are like needed for this project that has a budget. Yeah. Um, as a musician, you're not the budget holder. Yeah. You're like, you're the one, you know, getting paid with the budget. Yeah. You know, you often aren't, unless you're the composer or whatever, or the, the musical director, the people hiring musicians. Yeah. Um, you're often not the person spearheading. You're you're part of the the you know the foundation, the groundwork that is being part of something bigger. Yeah. Um, like uh, I mean, like movies is is probably like the number one thing that musicians get paid for. Yeah. Or video game music, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So like, if that's where the money is, mm-hmm. I was like, you better be able to know how to you know play where the money is. Yeah. yeah. You know, your jazz chops aren't gonna like if the music doesn't the music that pays the big bucks isn't required to have a soloist. I was like, well, 
you know, sorry, you know, we're going to hire someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's cutthroat like that sometimes, man. You know, yeah. like, oh, you can't play this high? Oh, sorry, we'll just find someone who can. Yeah. Yeah. How many hours a day do you practice? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I mean, as you, as you see, like on my Instagram, you're going to find that I don't play trumpet very much. I, I'm a, I love piano at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I practice that maybe, maybe about like two hours a day for piano and I'll keep up. Um, I'll like do maintenance stuff for trumpet. I'll oh, do like yeah. maybe 30, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of like just keeping my chops up Yeah. because, um, you know, I, as you probably found out as a, you know, a aspiring trumpet player like yourself, you know, like, um, some days you're just like not having it. Yeah. Like it's just not working. Yeah. That's because the, you know, your face is a muscle yeah. and you've got to keep working out or else you're going to lose that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I would say about like two hours on piano, um, 30, 45 minutes on trumpet. But I guess the thing to take away from that though, is I'm always practicing music. I'm always singing. I'm always hearing stuff in my head. Yeah. You know? What songs on your mind? What songs on my mind? Yeah. Uh, can I give you like three of them? There's always a lot. Go ahead. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Go, okay. go ahead. Um, I would say that song. Um, I would say "Overjoyed" by Stevie Wonder is always on my mind. Mm. Um, let's see. Uh, "Novocaine" by Frank Ocean mm. has been my like go-to. Yeah. Lately, and um. I've been listening to this, uh, Gustav Holst is a classical, uh, British classical, um, composer. He wrote this thing called the planet. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm listening to this piece of his, one of the planets called Jupiter. And it's got this just like beautiful, gorgeous folk song that like, you know, just made me cry. And when I first heard it and I was like, well, you know, looks like I'm just going to be listening to this for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> What about okay. you, man? What you been listening to? Oh man, uh, I'm a big Nas head, man. And as I think, oh of, yeah, 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 yeah. As I think of you yeah. as a as a trumpeter, I'm gonna go with "Life's a Bitch," and I don't mean to use that that word at the end, but it's just in the in the track title. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I love the end part where he has his father Olu Dara um, mm-hmm. playing the cornet on the end of that record. And oh so, really, man? I've never. I can't remember. Is that on? What what album is that on? Illmatic. Is that, oh, it's on Illmatic, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Because Nas was a was a trumpet player at first, and his dad stopped hey, him. No because, way. Yeah, his dad stopped him because it was gonna mess up his lip. So he wanted him to grow a little older so his lip could get stronger. By that time, Nas put the instrument down and started rapping. So I'm gonna go life's man. a bitch, man, because of that that cornet at the end of the record. Yeah, dang. That's uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to that one again. I don't remember that, but yeah. I'm gonna have to. You know, I think it's been a while since I've listened to Illmatic. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I watched them um, recently. I actually watched this thing. Um, I think Dr. Dre's like Beats Party. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I didn't. Oh man, he's got like all the people like Dre's ever worked with. Like Eminem's at the end. Yeah, of um, course. Nas is in there. Yeah. Redman, Method Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, you should check it out. Man. Nas, cool. uh, well, Dr. Dre produced, uh, um, he produced um, Nas is coming off his second LP and he produced The Firm. Nas is collaborative. Oh. 
Yeah, Nas's collaborative uh, effort with AZ, Foxy Brown, and Cormega back in 1997 or so, yeah. around that time. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, those guys are the masters. Yeah. Like, you know, every, everyone, you know, every genre's got their masters, but yeah. like, man, like just the way, um, like I talk about Holst, like with the planets and, um, you know, you could talk about like Beethoven or, you know, Brahms or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, those were like what we consider in the classical world, like great orchestrators. Um, and what I mean by orchestrating is that like the parts, the way the parts sound, who gets the parts, like does the flute have the melody here? Does the cello have the melody here? Mm. Um, like what they want to do. Cause, cause each instrument, you know, sounds different and you know, you can have, man, just like you can have the same notes and the same chords, um, you know, being played, but you give them to different instruments and man, all of a sudden you get something, a different feeling. Mm. And, um, I, I feel like, you know, like all the crazy producers, like Dr. Dre, like Swiss beats, like those guys are orchestrators. Like mm. those, those guys are like, you know, just like you were asking me about like classical music and jazz, like what's the difference? Like, you know, I feel like you could draw that parallel to like, you know, like classical music and hip hop, you know, like, um, like, you know, hip hop being like an African-American, you know, art form, just like jazz was, mm-hmm. but now they're orchestrating just like, you know, Brahms or Beethoven would be, except now they're doing it with electronics, like with samples, with, yeah. you know, the keyboards, the keyboard, the modern keyboards that they're using now, mm. you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I'm reminded of Quincy Jones in this very moment. <laughs> yeah, man. Quincy. That's the that's the goat right there. That's the <laughs> that's the king. Yeah, he used to be trump player too, man. Yeah, no, oh, that's, apparently that's, it's that's the, why I'm reminded of him. <laughs> yeah, apparently trumpet players are just the best, right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny you see all these trumpet players going away from trumpet and then all of a sudden becoming super successful. Yeah. Have you have you felt like that that's something that that you might have to take into your into consideration for your journey? Yeah. All the time, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard, you know, cause you know, like I was saying, like you put so much time into something mm. and like until you finish it, like until you put the most time you could possibly, well, not could possibly, but the most time into something to where you kind of like are comfortable with it. Yeah. Like you start to realize what you actually want to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Till you become a master yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, it's a lifelong journey to become, you know, like a master. No doubt. I think there's that. It's a fact. What's that quote? I th- is it, is it Bruce Lee? It's some like Kung Fu artist where it's like, um, you can't, you're never called the grandmaster. You can't call yourself a grandmaster. You're called the grandmaster by others. Like, and that's when you become a grandmaster is when people start calling you the grandmaster. Not, you can't appoint that title to yourself. Mm. I'm yeah, trying to look at that Martin. quote. I'm trying to look yeah. at that quote right now to see if uh, yeah, I don't remember who wrote that. I can't find it, man. It'll take me a while to find it and Google it. Yeah, we can look it up later. I'll text it to you. No doubt. So, um, today is um, man, today is May the 11th, 2020, yeah. and we have 236 days left in this. 
2020 year? What do you hope to attain in 236 days? Well, I'm sorry. Say what? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear the end. I heard the part with like uh, how many days are left in the year, but I didn't hear that part after. Yeah, what do you hope to attain in 236 days? Oh yeah. Well, I, I man, I've been working on, um, I've been working on an album actually, and okay. hopefully I can, you know, release it by then. Okay. No, hopefully. Okay. Um, it's, I'm not trying to get it signed or anything, you know, to record label, but I kind of want to just do it because I'm in that, I'm in that zone right now where I want to, you know, play piano and write lyrics and mm. sing a little bit, produce on Ableton, mm. you know, and I want to put it out there just so I can put it out there. And if anyone ever hears it and they like it, bang, there you go. But yeah. you know, if nobody hears it, whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah. I'll make sure it's heard. Hey, thank when, you. When it's out, when it's out, let me know. And I'll be, I'll put it on a segment in the podcast for sure. Yeah, no, thank you, man. Yeah, I can't wait for that day to come. No doubt. Um, oh, man, so um, I feel like there's a lot more we could dive into. Let me see if I um, have any. Oh, this is what I want to ask you. Uh, in, talk, in talking about composition and orche- orchestrating a record, a track, can you explain yeah. to me what the downbeat is? And, and the reason oh, why the I asked that, yeah, the reason why I asked that is this. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to the Joe Budden podcast and they, they talk a lot of music, music structure, music composition, music, everything. Right. right? And, you know, um, I spent a lot of time listening, but a lot of times I think that as an artist, you come into a lot of knowledge with just the experience and, and going through it. Right. But I don't know. I don't know how to explain a downbeat. My wife told me that she took a jazz class when she went to college and mm-hmm. I was watching a Ryan Leslie video the other day and he was talking about the downbeat. Can you explain to me as a jazz player what the downbeat is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. So, so in music, we've got like kind of like grooves that we feel, right? Like, um, like in most, in most hip hop, you get like uh, four beats to the measure. Okay. Like, okay. like one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. one, two, three, for and you know put put whatever beat you want to behind, uh, behind that if you'd like you know but each time that one hits that's the downbeat because mm. that's the that's the beginning of the measure so like one two three four one two three four okay and that would be the yeah, downbeat so, yeah that's the downbeat yeah the downbeat refers to like the downbeat of you know like yeah like the measure so like um yeah so you could have like let's say like a waltz now, now it doesn't matter what um, uh, meter you're in or what kind of groove you're in. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you could be what, in whatever number you want. You could be like, 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 say, let's say you're waltzing, like mm-hmm. one, two, three, mm-hmm. one, two, three, one, two, three. You've got that one still there. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's one, that's a downbeat. Mm-hmm. You can do five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five stuff like that you can do seven like target 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 the one two three five six seven one two three five six seven one two three five six seven one you know it doesn't matter so the downbeat so the downbeat comes right after that one count uh yeah yeah it's, it's right on the one okay okay yeah so i i guess a little fun fact for you too is go that ahead, go ahead go that, ahead I think jazz musicians like love to actually de-emphasize the downbeat 
Mm. Um, because, well, as you know, like, um, you know, most music, like, um, let's say, let's, let's, let's take hip hop, for example. Um, yeah, you have that beat of like one, two, three, four, right? But every music that came before it, um, it was all like emphasis on one and three. So like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. But hip hop, that snare is not on one and three. Mm. Hell no. <laughs> you know, if you put that snare on one and three, you're getting booed off. You know, it's one, two, three, four. Mm. Got, mm. got, one, got, three, got. So the emphasis now being placed on two and four. And so now instead of like, instead of emphasizing the downbeat with a, you know, a snare that's like really loud, really prominent, mm-hmm. uh, we switch it over to two and four because it just feels better. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. And in jazz, like, I mean, you'll play the downbeat like in, in an improvised setting. Most of the time, if you would ever play the downbeat, it's to like check up on your other musicians, you know, like, like, um, because it's all improvised music it can get kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you can get lost real easily, but, um, sometimes like musicians will check in on each other being like, Hey, you all, you okay? you like, you all right? Like, and they'll hit like a downbeat super loud or something like that Yeah. just to be like, Hey, this is where I am. Like, are you there? And then, you know, you'll be like, the other musician may play like a really nice, like loud note or high note on the downbeat along with someone else. And that to us is like, Oh yeah, yeah. We're still together. Thank God. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I have, um, heard a few times, And again, I think that the one of my strongest qualities is being able to stay in contact. Um, And as you can tell um, with this with the this occurrence of of this podcast, episode 65. And again, I'm super appreciative that, um, you know, it's 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 real ballsy. And let me let me use a term that that comes right off the just to fit into the conversation. It's real ballsy to um, try to promote yourself to somebody that you've never met before. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. like I was telling my um, my homegirl after I did the podcast, she let me stay at her spot and record my podcast, three episodes of my podcast. Shout out to my homegirl, Asia Munz, who's out there in California. Um, I was telling her, I was telling her, I came out here to get busy. You know what I mean? Because like I said before, I would have never imagined myself going to L.A. Right. But yeah, L.A. just happened to be a place where all of my homeboys all of my family members ha- had eventually been to, except for me. So when mm-hmm. I'm, so it came at, at a point in time in my life where I needed to just jump, jump and try to you know, try to see what happens, right? And I'm still still soaring, trying to touch my feet to the ground, trying to make headway, right? But just coming out yeah. to LA last year um, and meeting you, man, I know that we will cultivate a relationship, whether it be working or uh, yeah, definitely working that will benefit yeah. both of us in the future. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, with that, man, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is what's next for you? Yeah, man. Well, that, oh, I, I wanted to first thank you, you know, man, I, I, I would have, you know, ever since you told me about you had, you had your podcast, I was looking forward to be on there. You know, I remember that first conversation we had, you know, in the drive through, you know, like, yeah, I'll get you on. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we'll get you on. And, uh, you know, here I am, you know, a year later as promised, man. No doubt, so no doubt. Uh, I wanna, yeah, I want, 
Listen, as a creative, I know, man, you know, uh, we need we need platforms to be able to express ourselves. So for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll keep in touch for sure. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, man, what's next? I mean, I mean, the album is something that I would love to get done. You know, um, I mean, right after this, I'm going to, you know, go practice singing. I'm going to practice piano. I'm practicing my trumpet. Mm. You know, I mean, that's always next. That's always day by day. Mm. Uh, what I look forward to. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, the one year plan, is that album, that album's going to drop. Um, I mean, the five-year plan is like, man, maybe, uh, you know, Nas, you need an orchestrator, you need a trumpet player, yeah. you need a piano player, yeah. you know, whoever, <laughs> no you know, whoever, like my, my heroes, you know, Frank, you need a, you need an orchestra. I'll, I'll conduct for you. I'll play for you, Yeah. you know, whoever, but th- that's like, that's my plan. You know, uh-huh. I want to, Oh, uh, and also, you know, this is like Asian American, um, like Asian American like label called 88 rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to get signed by you guys, mm-hmm. right? 88 rising. You guys listening, Sean, you know, I would love that. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to text you that I'm going to text and get that information that, uh, that you just, the, the 88 rising. I want to, I want to look them up, see, see what they're about. Tag them in this. Oh episode. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll, I'll definitely, you know, send you some of the stuff. No doubt. Listen, man. Um, so what I do now with the podcast, man, is I like to send a token um, to you for being on my podcast. It, it's in the form of a T-shirt. So I'm going to send you two T-shirts. When we get off the line, I'll text and get your address. I'll send you two T-shirts. One is a, an exclusive T-shirt that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. And another one is the podcast-themed T-shirt that I've made exclusive to all the creatives that come on the podcast, man, just as a token of appreciation for you being on the podcast. Man, thank you so much, man. I've always been eyeing those shirts. So I was like, yeah, I want one. You know, I'll, I'll rock the red one for sure. <laughs> no doubt, man. Hey, so, uh, so, uh, anything else, man? Do you have anything else? Um, no, nah, man. Just you know, for uh, for everyone out there in quarantine, you know, uh, just be kind to each other. You know, a lot of crazy stuff's been happening. I keep up with the news, and I don't like what I see. Um, you know, but just you know, just be kind with one another. Um, you know, and stay put, you know, you can only help your fellow, your fellow people by staying inside and, you know, not, not doing anything stupid. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm glad you said that. I want to take a moment of silence for Ahmad Aubrey, man. Yeah. Um, I want to take a moment of silence for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, Rest in peace to him, man. It's tragic. Yeah, rest in peace, man. What's definitely going on in society. I really, We really should have started off the episode like that, but I'm glad that it, it fit and it wasn't forced into the conversation. So, um, again, rest in peace to him. He, he would have made, yeah. I think, 26 the other day. And so... Uh, yeah, rest in power, man. Rest yeah, in power. Most definitely. Man, listen, Marco, uh, Again, I appreciate you, man, for what this podcast has now gone into talking to people that I've only met once in my life. And, uh, yeah, man, say goodbye to the podcast, man. Man, thank you so much. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. And, uh, you know, you guys have a good rest of your day, okay? No doubt, man. I appreciate it. Houston, Texas, peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie, chicken, puffy. All that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies And I'm 
it's a private party. No breath on private party. You gon' be nice and naughty. These walls are priceless, Audi. This the upper crust, fuck us up. Over and over, over toast. Yes, we Oh.